bruce willis was dead the whole time there were two killers luke that's your daddy the robot did it snake was a good guy he really wasn't cheating they was in purgatory the whole time what everybody dies verbal kent is causing so safe they killed old yellow oh my god everybody in this tyler perry movie got aids spoiled movie reviews hey welcome to another episode of spoiled movie reviews on the black guy who tips premium podcast network i am your host rod joined as always by my co-host karen and we are here to review a movie you've either seen don't ever plan on seeing or don't care about us spoiling because we spoil the movie today's movie is equalizer three yes and because of everything going on it the promotion on it was almost none yeah maybe that's just me but i was like i didn't see this shit nowhere i was like oh it's coming out oh okay nope nobody i ain't seen no commercial like it's like it's well i saw out. i did see commercials that's how i knew it was out okay um, but yeah i mean you can't do the late night show you can't do interviews right I mean, you know denzel you normally you can just denzel such a like mag uh magnetic personality you normally can just put him in a few interviews everybody's like oh he got a new movie i'm gonna go see it but right uh yeah um we'll get into that in a second let's talk about trailers up front first uh because we went to the actual theater even had time to stop by the abc store yeah i got uh, one little bottle left yeah hooked up that rum and that uh coke um so the trailers there were actually nine of them this is new this it's been a while since we've mm-hmm. had more than like four. four um so here we go new trailer for the marvels uh, come on i mean y'all know we in. you know I who mean, we are who is this y'all know y'all know why we came here right number two was a movie ferrari it looks like another adam driver biopic where maybe he's playing the, you know ferrari jones or whoever <laughs> whoever mr ferrari is yeah <laughs> uh so uh i'm not gonna lie in addition to me not caring even if it was like a race car because it looked like it was like a car movie too at first Mm -hmm. then you realize he's not in the car he's watching the race right and i think the trailer is almost like no words in it it's just swelling music and very quick cuts of like dramatic scenes and him like making out with people and being mad about stuff and dressing in suits and sitting across the table from his wife and I'm, i know it's gonna be some type of biopic i'm sure it's uh some sort of like i'm sure it's good i'm sure there's you know something to it but kind of like when i watch house of gucci it wasn't like a bad movie but i don't know that you know i care that much uh about it um it is dope that this is a movie that's not part of the ampt uh you know the small like a a, a people the i do think we should in my opinion we should support some of these movies that are being made because they agreed to the sag after agreement and stuff but at the same time i i wouldn't have seen this either way so i think i'm out yeah i wouldn't have seen this no way i not i i am not a racing type of person so so ferrari don't even you know intrigue me Mm -hmm. and it's one of those things where 
sometimes I can be like this. And I'm like, ain't no niggas in this. Like, this is one of another yeah. movie that come out, and I go, oh, I see an all white cast. Like, right. okay, why would I come to this? Yeah, definitely. I I got those vibes too, and and that yeah, it definitely happens mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next movie was Freelance, which is a John Cena movie that looks like a comedy made by the people who made Taken. Um, it's like a act. Allison Brie is in it. He is. She's a journalist that he has to save. It's like a silly action comedy. Yeah, I doubt I go to the movies to this, but this is probably something I would definitely see on Netflix. I hope it's funny. Uh, you know, it looked like, look like it's funny. Uh, it's one of those things where uh, if what is that dude's name uh, who made uh, that uh, series with John Cena that everybody loves? Um. The director. James Gunn? Yes, James Gunn. If that would have been like James Gunn, I'd have been like, oh, okay. Because mm. I know he could kind of pull the best out of him. You know, like he. Well, puts- you still haven't watched Peacemaker. No. So I, I don't know that you would even go see that. <laughs> I think you just made up a scenario for something you weren't going to see either way. <laughs> I was not going to go see this. Um, I actually think it looks, pre- it could be pretty funny. I think John Cena is a very funny dude, a very yes. funny actor. Um, and I would be surprised if it's not at least amusing, but uh, I, I, at the same time, it had that kind of like comical action that is too self-aware and it made me kind of feel like I don't want to watch it. Right. It's like, well, and I don't even know what's going to be rated, but it's like, well, are we going to get comedy, comedy? Are we going to just get like that? slapstick like we're not gonna actually go all in comedy like it's like ha 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 but we're not gonna get them hearty laughs type of thing so we'll see uh the none to none your business uh is coming out soon no um are you gonna see the none to none your business chad no i don't do scary yeah i'm not i'm not really looking for i never saw the first none uh which i think was called none tell that so I probably won't be seeing none of your business either. It's just not my jam. Not my jam. Uh, another movie was Ex- The Exorcist Believer. Two girls go missing from school, come back possessed by Satan. Blah, blah, blah. Exorcist. No, thank you. And I was like, oh, we're getting these because Halloween's around the corner. Yeah, good for them, you know. It, it's about that time. This is yeah. normally the time where I start getting sick of the summer movies. We're about to transition to fall. Mm-hmm. And that first month of fall, since I'm not typically a horror fan, is is typically like, you know, a horrors. bunch of trailers that I'm like, ah, this is not what I want. Right. If it's your jam, go ahead, but it's not mine. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Another horror, wouldn't it? And then it's like three no. horrors back to back? No. This is a movie about the... Um, this is the movie about the Osage County murders. These Native Americans had some of the oh, most money and richest land. It's a Scorsese it, yeah. flick. Leonardo DiCaprio's in it. I actually think it's going to be really good, or I think it has a potential to be really good. Right. And uh, I kind of do want to see this. I don't know if I'll just have to go by myself or if it's something yeah, where... I doubt I'll see this one. But uh, I, I I think they, they, they might have the chance to be dropping a, a, a gem on us. Yeah, possibility. Uh, the next movie is Bar Marley One Love, I think is the name of it. Uh, I've kept seeing the trailer for this. I think I just wasn't a Bob. I'm not a Bob Marley guy like that. I'm not. That's Same. not. That's no. That's it's not me good. saying anything bad about him right. or people that like him. Mm-mm. But it's just not in my wheelhouse, and I'll probably be skipping this biopic. Same. 
Um, all right. The next one is the book of Clarence new movie. Uh, it, it stars Lakeith Stanfield as Clarence, a guy who was alive during the Jesus era mm -hmm. that decides to become like a fake Messiah. And, um, I, I like, it seems like it could be a funny premise. Uh, I like that actor. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know. It was, and I know this is blasphemy to some folks, but it gives me a little bit of sorry to bother you vibes. And I can see that. Mm -hmm. Sorry to bother me, bother you for for some reason. It just didn't connect with me on that same level, and it feels like it's gonna be another one of those. Hopefully, I'm wrong, and hopefully, I'd like it. But even with sorry to bother you, there's people that love that movie, and I, yes, they to do. me, I'm just like it was it was cool, but right. you know, it 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 wasn't for me. But uh, it could be a dope movie. I don't know. Karen? I don't know either, but I doubt I'll go to the theaters and see it. And the last movie is Dumb Money. It's about the GameStop mm -hmm. stock, and it's starring a lot of, like, you know, actors that you would know and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and it seems like it's going to be shot. It's almost like some, uh, fuck. Now I can't remember the name of the movie. But, uh, yeah, it's like this, there's a movie on Netflix right now uh that was like super huge back in the day and now it's streaming again and it keeps recommending the movie to me every time something money but it's the point being like the big the big short that's what i keep trying to think of okay i think it could be like a big short type situation where it's like we're going to explain with a bunch of actors and scenes and and, and comedy we're going to explain to you what the GameStop meme stock craze was really about right and uh that could be interesting i watched a documentary series about that last year i think mm -hmm. um so i mean i could definitely see even in that documentary i was like oh there's a lot of characters in here there's a lot of stories in here there's a lot of stuff you don't know so it could be it could make a good movie um i think if it gets reviews good reviews i'll probably watch it yeah i doubt i watch this because yeah. that's not funny I, I actually don't care Okay. All right. Well, let's get I hate into. Hate to be like that. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I mean, listen. I I get it. I, I think like, people. That's white people shit. <laughs> right. I get it. People do that all the time. I think for me as a critic for the what we do, mm -hmm. I I think some of these movies I need to see them because when it comes award season, I don't want to just do the bullshit of checking stuff like because it checks the right boxes but i didn't even watch it i can't right. even say it's good there's other movies that are better and this year i should be home so i should be able to really sit and right. watch these movies when we get these um screeners, screeners and stuff because i can tell already these movies are gonna be like trying to win awards so uh yeah i'm i'm looking for I, and also like a lot of times when movies be good i really just think uh we get caught up a little too much in uh, like trying to get back at these white folks by being like, I won't watch your movies, but I'm not going to talk myself out of a good time. A lot of times the movies get good reviews because they actually be good. Right. And also when they bullshit, I want to know so I can watch it and be like, nah, they was, this one was full of shit. This I can't believe y'all giving this an uh, award. So, right. Anyway. Um, but I also have more time and stuff working for the podcast and all that stuff. So it's not like a knock at you either, Karen. No problem. Um, all right. Let's get into this movie, The Equalizer 3, mm -hmm. uh, starring Denzel Washington, directed by Antoine Fuqua, um, written by Richard Wink, Michael Sloan, and Richard Lindheim. Um, it stars yeah Denzel, uh, Dakota Fanning, 
is in this. Uh, David Denman. Uh, and then like a bunch of people that I feel like you're either getting introduced to or, you know, you may not know their work. I think this happens right. a lot of times lately with these movies where the you have a huge star starring in the movie and then they, especially action movies, they basically f- farm out all the B-rolls to people that you typically haven't really heard of. Right. Um, except for Dakota Fanning for sure. But... Uh, but it also gives us a chance to see actors that we don't normally see. For, see. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the plot. The plot is since giving up his life as a government assassin, Robert McCall, played by Denzel Washington, has struggled to reconcile the horrific things he's done in the past and finds a strange solace in serving justice on behalf of the oppressed. Finding himself surprisingly at home in southern Italy, he discovers his new friends are under the control of a local crime boss. As events turn deadly, McCall knows what he has to do but become his friend's protector by taking on the mafia. Uh, all right, let's talk about what we like. Karen, give me something that you liked in this. The number one thing I liked was the action and they upped it like like each time they keep upping the action Mm -hmm. and i love old man action particularly the opening scene was like literally one of my favorite scenes where you walk in you see dead people you're like well god damn what the fuck is happening here Mm -hmm. and you walk in and denzel just basically just sitting there he and it's hilarious because he's complaining. They just, just all they had to do was open up door. All that, you know, they had to open up door when they ain't been here, you know, type of thing. So it, it was just hilarious. The action was excellent and it was jam packed. And when you got it, it was well worth the wait. Yeah. Uh, for me to piggyback on it, because uh, from I wouldn't like it's not just the action for me. It's the stylistic choices that Antoine Fuqua took. Correct. Um, the timing, the way they really let Denzel do his like acting thing. And I can, I, you know, on the negative side, I can definitely understand there's going to be people that think it's too slow, boring, not enough action. Totally fine. But for me, I was laughing and like getting giddy at just some of the the peacocking that Denzel was doing, mm-hmm. even a little shit like the, the arranging his uh, his tea a certain way every day when he gets tea at the same mm-hmm. restaurant, um, even like you know the way he's looking in people's eyes as they die, um, you know the 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 way that like uh, even in certain scenes like in the opening scene. It was so smart stylistically to choose not to show Denzel fighting all those people because what we would have gotten is probably some stuntmen, obviously, with a bunch of quick zoom shots, Denzel face, shaky cam, and it would have looked like Taken 3 where I hated the action in Taken 3. Right. And uh, the stylistic choice of showing us the aftermath of the fight, but then he's in there chilling and you're like oh he fucked these people up and we got a couple flashbacks to the fight but they didn't put that whole fight in there and they did the flashbacks from first person perspective correct which also made it less of a like he needs to show us his martial arts and kung fu they really only show him doing something like that one time at the very beginning Mm -hmm. when he's in that chair he takes out those like four guys but Every other time, he's doing it with guns. He's sneaking up shadows. on people. Yep. And the stylistic choice, especially the final act of making him basically like the 
villain in a horror movie yes. that is stalking these gangsters down. That was a great choice. You know, it reminded me of the, the first uh, Batman Begins, Christian Nolan, Christopher Nolan, mm-hmm. uh, when the first fight at the um, docks is a horror movie. It's him coming out of the blackness, swooping somebody up, mm-hmm. disappearing. Like, it's, it, it, you know, you hear screams and shit. It, it becomes a horror movie, and the bad guys are the p- victims. And that was a smart, stylistic choice because 60-something-year-old, however old Denzel is, is, you don't want to have him do the mush of death, like, taken two and shit, where you're like, fuck, man, we thought we had us a, a franchise, but this is kind of some bullshit now. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I also enjoyed uh, how they kind of wrapped up the story because Denzel normally does not do sequels and he actually did a trilogy in this one so it's like a big thing for him to do three of these because he has played other movies where people go why don't you make this a series and he just said no right you only got one man on fire you only got you know some of the movies just got one like he could have did this a while ago and he was just like no and so he must really enjoy you know doing this particular series right and so I really enjoyed how they wrapped up the story with the daughter uh, 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 with the young lady being the daughter of the uh, his informant who he used to work with, or his boss, or who he used to work with before, you know. So that was like the big twist, you know, because I didn't, I, I, I would have never pieced that together. And so I really enjoyed them kind of wrapping up the story. Yeah, I mean, like the lore of this universe is, it's like they didn't get stuck in a John Wick territory where they're just trying to explain the lore and going out deeper down the rabbit hole every time and. I'm calling my marker and you got to have a death coin and then you need to go to this hotel. Like this is very much like, Hey, this is a guy that retired. He just wants to live his life, but he has a strong sense of justice and he just keeps having to live in places where motherfuckers going to have to die. Um, <laughs> and he don't want to do it, but damn it. He the only one that can do it. And so, yeah, I do like that. Another thing I like was the runtime. It was an hour 49 minutes, but you can skip the credits, of course, because there's no mm-hmm. uh, after credit scenes or anything in these movies. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I like the runtime. It was, I don't think I ever looked at my watch to be like, damn, how long is this? I was, mm-hmm. it was like, it wrapped up right when I thought it would wrap up. And the, my favorite, like, twist is the scene where he tells the bad guys, like, you know, let's do it. And they like, um, basically everyone starts recording them and they realize like, oh, fuck, if we kill this dude, we're basically going to be in front of everybody, you know, on TV doing this shit. And they're like, we're going to come back tomorrow. And I thought it was so fucking smart and so dope that Denzel came to them and killed them that night. Like it was, And I was like, because I was kind of thinking like, fuck, they're going to make the movie longer. You're going to have a scene with him talking to the, the woman in the cafeteria and the cop and his family and the doctor and all this shit, you know, because they normally do this like prepare for war. Everybody, you need to leave. Don't fight them. And, and then he goes, but I love how it was like, nope, we're not doing booby traps. I am the booby trap. I'm showing up <laughs> and I'm killing Y'all locked in here with me. I love that shit. He told him it'd be sooner than you think, and he was not bullshitting. Right. And it probably saved us 10, 15 minutes of movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like, did. go to it. Like, we, we know what's going to happen. These movies are very predictable. Yes. Yes. And that's fine, too. Um, I like the end of the movie. I like the fact that he actually found a home. You know, because like before, we if you watch the franchise, you know, he gets there, something happened, it's fucked up, then he literally has to move. Mm-hmm. And so 
I was shocked that he actually came back. He's like, no, no. I, I'm I'm here. I'm here to stay. This is my home. This is literally where I live now. And if they never make another one, I am content with this ending. Yeah. Another thing I like is uh, I, they had this woman. I think her name is like Gaia Scodelaro. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you, we know that Denzel only does basically black love interests. He ain't never been on screen kissing a white woman. Uh, <laughs> look it up. <laughs> you know, Um and so they, I'm like, he's in Italy. We know he's like a widower. You know, we've seen him looking at his ring and all this stuff. Um, and so they introduced this chocolate, this brown, not even chocolate, this brown woman mm-hmm. um, that is like a t- Italian. She, you know, she looks like uh, she's clearly a black woman in this movie, mm-hmm. even if she's not American black. So they didn't like try to force and fit it in to be like, and he just happened to see this this black woman over here right. from America. But what I thought was cool is that they don't actually make her like a love interest. That was my point. I, yeah, I, I, I love that, that they're not, there's no like, let's make a 60-something-year-old man kiss a 38-year-old woman because, hey, that's that's the impossible white man trope. They always, you know, going to end up fucking somebody. And a lot of movies in these in this genre have been making this choice lately. And I love that they make this choice. Like Tom Cruise and... um. Uh fuck now Miss Marvel. No, Tom Cruise wasn't in Miss Marvel. Uh Tom Cruise in the movie that And Peggy. Is, huh? Peggy Hill? Well her name not Peggy Hill, but you know, the actress. I, I don't I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Okay. I was gonna say Tom Cruise and Jack Reacher oh, okay. had like they had these two movies I think he did two of these movies. And in these movies, they have like a woman that, you know, needs help and it could be somewhat age appropriate with all this stuff but it's they don't have them make out and fuck and shit it's just like what 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 is that really adding to the movie like like that's such an 80s trope of you know and now they gotta fuck because they, he saved her life or something and i actually like that that wasn't in this movie and that means that make to me made the character more three-dimensional it made her feel like a friend even though they kind of went on like a couple of like what you might consider a quote-unquote date it wasn't it, it, they didn't lean into like let's show her kiss her good night or he'll kiss him good night let's show her them sitting down at dinner and making cute jokes like it did it never became that and i actually think that was really cool yeah and also it cuts down on time so it's not as long and i said peggy because she was one of she peggy played one of the characters in uh, mission impossible Okay, that's cool. Okay, so so I, that's why that's why I threw you Peggy just, out you there. You're throwing out three dimensional chess right now, oh, and my I was bad. just trying to make a different point. You was trying to complete my point, my bad. But it wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't what that. I was saying at all. I'm sorry. That was um, my fault. But but yeah, even in but that is still a good example that they didn't make them love interest, and I think that's a I think that's a smarter way to write a movie these days. Mm-hmm. Every woman doesn't have to be there to serve the hero, even though. Right. These men are attractive and all that cool stuff. Like, I'm not putting it, like, I'm sure there's plenty of 38-year-old women that would fucking fuck Denzel Washington. That's not Mm -hmm. the issue here. Mm -hmm. I just think for the purpose of this movie, that didn't need to be in there. And I I, I applaud the restraint. I agree. I agree. I loved the old man relationship that he had with the doctor that wasn't a toxic relationship. Like, I was like, oh, they are like friend friends. And they actually slowly showed you how they form like a real 
true friendship. Hey, that's my buddy. That's my pal. I take it. And it was like to the point where you're, they was like good roommates. Mm-hmm. You know, he basically, uh, Denzel basically lived with this dude, and the dude basically took care of him and, and watched out for him. And so Denzel was basically like, hey, I'm going to pay this, you know, in return. So he would do things like go to the, because uh, uh, the doctor was actually older than Denzel. Mm-hmm. And so he would do things like go to the doctor, I mean, go to the um, grocery, go, you know, buy him fish, you know, kind of take care of him as far as, hey, I'm going to kind of pay it forward or give back to you what you gave to me. Yeah, it, another thing I like, too, is that it kind of feels almost like a Western, you know, like the plot of a Western gunslinger comes to town. He don't want no smoke, but also he can he the only nigga that can handle all the smoke, but he just likes the town people and a couple bad hombres just can't leave him alone. And one of the things that goes along with that is the dialogue. I love the equalizer dialogue. I know it's paint by the numbers. I know it's not, you know, Shakespeare to folks or whatever, but he be kicking that Shakespeare to me. When he be talking about what he going to do to these bad guys and when he start, you know, they ask him a question and he's like, I understand pain and death. And you just like, God damn. Like, there's a scene where he comes out with two guns don't even shoot him. He lays the guns on the ground, but the shit he is talking in that scene right? is so good. Gangsta. I was smiling and I was con- fully convinced this 60-something-year-old man was, was going to kill them all if they, if they if they were dumb enough to put him in the car and try to take him somewhere oh, to kill him. They up. were going to be dead. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the beauty of this. You know, um, this is like one of my favorite types of Denzel roles. You know, it's up there with Man on Fire for me. And uh, so much of it is just dialogue and stuff. Another thing to work towards. I like the fact that there was no sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I like the fact that they it was threatened, quote unquote, but it was more of, hey, we're going to fuck them up. Not we're yeah. going to, at not any point did you ever feel like they was going to, quote unquote, cross that yeah. line. So it's one of those things. Shout out to feminism and shout out to people actually listening to women going, we hate being portrayed certain ways. Yeah, that's also another thing that, as of the last 10 years, a lot of movies are not doing anymore. Right. A lot of TV shows aren't doing And I actually like it. And to a certain extent, not that I want anyone's trauma to be triggered, but it's it's a movie about violence and death. So trauma's going to – trauma's up to the individual. Like, mm-hmm. when you make a piece of art, you really don't know how everyone's going to receive it. And some shit is just kind of personal. But what I was going to say is, like, in some ways, psychologically, this not showing all that, not being graphic, even kind of just intimating at someone's vulnerability is enough. Like, yes, it was even that, more that scene with the family where you could tell they had busted in that cop's house, grabbed his family. His wife didn't even have time to put her clothes on. Right. And so they weren't assaulting her or doing anything to her. But it was enough for you to be like, oh, my God, the the vulnerability in this scene is enough, you know? Agreed. Uh, what was I going to say? I had one more thing. It was a dialogue. Oh, so it's going to, when we get into the negatives, I'm going to bring this up again. But for the positive side, the main bad guy being brutal was good. Yes. 
because a lot of times they try to either do the like it's a misunderstanding or you know i think i didn't like about equalizer 2 was that it was like this super duper mercenary and they were gonna have a big shootout at the field and all and it was gonna be super duper action and that's cool but you don't need to do it twice and this guy being like mafioso but like cutting off the police chief's hand <laughs> that line is so corny and predictable but i laughed at it when he's like thanks for giving us a hand on this uh <laughs> but like cutting off the dude's hand is is, is of course stereotypical predictable uh hothead brother that you know denzel kills first and stuff like even that stuff it was paid by the numbers but yes that's what I want from bad guys. If you're not going to get an A-list star, somebody to play the bad guy, Go give, me, in. give me an evil bad guy. Give me a dude that, right. that that I'm not confused by. They, you know, It's not like he's running for office and all this. He's mm-hmm. just a bad guy. Anytime something gets complicated, he gets worse. And I love how killing his brother really took off the veneer of like, I'm trying to be a sophisticated bad guy that wears suits. And then he was just like, no, I'm a gutter gangster and I'm gonna kill whoever killed my brother. I'm gonna kill y'all for not stopping him because I'm just exploiting the whole hood. I don't give a fuck. So I did right. like that the bad guy was just fucking evil. Agreed. And uh, one of my last days, I know this might sound silly, but I like that the watch was his own character. Mm-hmm. You know, type of thing. Because it was a period of time where he put his watch away. Yeah, and it's so funny because him getting that watch gave me the same. He put it in a drawer. Mm-hmm. Him pulling the watch out the drawer gave me the same feeling as John Wick pick, going into the garage and with that uh, and yeah. getting his weapons from under the concrete. <laughs> his, after his dog died. I said, oh, he done got the watch. Oh, shit, everybody did. <laughs> That's what I said. Cause, and you almost forget that he put the watch away. You know, because oh, I didn't forget. I mean, I yeah. mean, because you. Well, I feel you. I know yeah, what you're saying. Because you're watching, you almost forget because he's just kind of going on and and he's just being himself. But he went back and got that. What I said? That's right. Oh shit! They they about to die. Uh, the last thing for me is all the supporting cast that became like his friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. Those are. I mean, I know they're like really like not paper thin, but they're thin roles, yeah, right? They're it's, adorable. Is but I like the way they wrote them, like. He ingratiated into this other place as a stranger, as a black man. And, you know, shout out to Antoine Fuqua, who never, like, nails that in some, like, he going to have to deal with a lot of racism. It was like he's an outsider. He's American. But this is a small, friendly village. Nobody was acting super ignorant except the gangsters. Right. And he ingratiated himself but you know into everything because you know he don't want to be bothering nobody Mm -mm. robert mccall's just there to just stay lay low um and especially because he didn't have a choice after getting shot Mm -hmm. um and so i i felt like from the policeman and his family to the um doctor fish market dude to the fit angelo at the fish market you kind of feel like you get to know the community and uh i thought that they felt like people you want to save which is something that is different from equalizer one and two where you know it's easier because those happen in america mm-hmm. and you know the the girl who's i think getting pimped or something and then the other one where the boys you know they try the gangsters are trying to like force them into the gang and shit mm-hmm. you know it was cool to see him do this with some other people in another place especially with them being white right um you know because i think you can get into some weird territory not that it bothers me but mm-hmm. with the whole like I'm going to stop the, the black on black crime in this neighborhood. And you're like, all right, you know, good luck with that because it's tough. 
right. the optics is tough, you know. So I actually really enjoyed like all the Italian people and the village and the culture. Okay, uh, I think that's it. Okay, I, I think, and you kind of already talked about it, but I really did enjoy the flashback of the first fight scene because mm-hmm. I didn't because just like you said you seen the aftermath and I, I and it makes you wonder what happened so I'm glad yeah. that they actually went back and, sh- even and if it was the first person that showed you oh yeah he really fucked everybody up and at this point we've seen so many action movies and we've seen Equalizer I could tell like that's what I thought was so dope you could tell by the way the bodies were positioned and the damage to the surrounding area how them people died yes and it was like oh my god he cut this guy in the face oh he must have shot this dude up against this mirror and so I was like watching it going man it was interesting they chose not to show us that but it's a really deft touch it's smart but, you know, it is an action movie. So you're showing us the aftermath of the action, but not the action. When they had the flashback, I said, oh, Antoine Fuqua, I apologize. I should have known you was going to show us them people and how they died. Mm-hmm. And they got fucked up. You was like, oh, okay, you're good. You answered my question. All right, let's talk about what we didn't like. Give me something you didn't like if there was anything. I did not like, and, and how can I say this? The brother. Uh, uh, I did not like the fact that the brother was like this a uh, hothead type of person and I would have preferred the his brother uh kill the older brother and then take over and cuz mm. cuz cuz he was so off the chain Oh you didn't like the older brother No no, I no, I didn't like the fact that the younger brother died, which oh, okay. was, actually, was actually promoted the older brother, which is fine. Okay, but I I would have liked, you like the younger brother better than the older brother. Is yeah, that what you're trying to say? Yeah, and the reason why is because the intimidation, the cop family, like like mm-hmm. not your funny. He was doing kind of more of that grunt. Work. I agree, and I, I thought they were gonna go that way. I mean, it's and I, I think it would have made because he had more charisma than the main bad guy to me. Yes, and that was kind of a knock I had was as much as I like the brutality of the main bad guy and if the fact that he drops the facade of trying to be the sophisticated gangster, I still felt like he didn't have the charisma that the first dude had. Um, and that, that, that dude was a good actor. Like, cause he didn't just play the high head, but when he got punked out or bitched out, I don't know. But nigga, out. I don't. I don't know. When he got, when he got embarrassed, when he got yeah. embarrassed. There we go, guys. We're gonna use our words. All right. Uh, when he got embarrassed by Denzel in that restaurant, that's a whole different way of having to act. Because he went from alpha dog, big man on campus, to like basically crying. And and I thought that was so so cool um, as far as his range. But yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, because it's one of those things where you know when he was talking about he wanted to kill him right then. And somebody said, "What about his? What about your brother? You know." And so it's one of those things where it it, it would have kind of in my my flipped the script if he would have did even if it wasn't Denzel just did something kind of off the wall that his brother didn't approve of and had them kind of fight each other. He takes over and then him and Denzel go at it because I think that that would have mm. been a more. A it's a different way to escalate to, to the same. Degree, conclusion yes but i think that's the the fault of the film is that to me they both kind of were interchangeable yes i just didn't find that the bad guy's charisma was that good and then of course my knock is it's extremely predictable like i is this is not a movie with a lot of twists and turns mm-hmm. 
Um, shit, I forgot to mention Dakota Fanning was good in this, but she was Dakota, Dakota Fanning's character is almost superfluous. Like it's more of a let's bring. We're gonna have her here to bring the poetic narrative to a close over these three films, like full circle. He worked for her mom, and then he just helped her crack a case, and we never knew at the time that that was his, that was the daughter of his of his homie, mm-hmm. and so that was cool. But also, if she would have not been in this movie at all, I don't even think it would have changed the movie, and that's that's not a knock against her. It's nope. also like a very poetic moment because Man on Fire, I believe Dakota was the little girl in that film. Mm. So it's definitely like cool. They have great chemistry. They work well together. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I love their scenes together. So it's not any knock on her, but it. You know, I could. There's a version of this film that's probably 20 minutes shorter because you don't even really need her to be in this film for it to make sense. Not that she took anything away from the film. Agreed. Agreed. And it was one of those things where I could say not too bad but they kind of frizzed her out mm-hmm. particularly after the car accident yeah. and it was like okay you didn't see her for a fall for, right. a, for a long period of time and so it was one of those things where not that funny if she was going to be the quote unquote one that cracked the case I would have liked for her to come to have a little bit more of her she own was kind of given the case really yes like Denzel called her and basically gave her the case she yes. never really cracked it herself mm-hmm. or showed any like yeah yeah I agree with you I right agree. and so that's the only kind of knock I have against that particular other than that no other problem but I was like it would have been more interesting if you would have kind of been a maybe some things he gave you and then some things you gave him Right, like, like, and, and had him kind of do his own thing separate from you because you was actually out here investigating type right. of thing. So it sort of been a more of a uh, equal equal thing, like with him and the mother, mm-hmm. versus him, like you said, just kind of feeding her information. Yeah, we agree completely on that. Um, the, another thing too is, so while I like the action in this film. It is sparingly used, and that Agreed. could be because his age. That could be just a style choice. But if like this is not up, this is not gonna give you that John Wick. This is not gonna give you that constant adrenaline rush of action. It's really style and substance over, you know, just action and 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 all of that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of did think like oh man there's a lot less action here now it could be in a reaction to the critiques of part two which had a shit ton of action at the end it was almost like so much like because you know Denzel's gonna win but it was like so much explosions and shooting this shit at the end it will you're just almost like okay well this means nothing at this point right but uh we got the dope action in the third scene with the horror movie version but yeah I, I just think it there could have been more action even if the action would have been like the gangsters against the police or mm-hmm. you know if they you know if we would have saw them try to take out that squad of uh cia people or whatever that were tracking them but yes yeah, so, uh you know i think that's kind of you know thing anything else yeah and i know this is not really a big thing but it, it's just a question i had what happened to the little boy that shot him Mm. Like and I know that might sound small, but it's like, well, you shot him and then ran off, and we never see that little boy again. So you know, I that's not funny. At one period of time, I thought that little boy was going to be in some association with 
the people people there and point them out and be like, that's the one that killed my eyes, like something like that, you know, uh, type of thing. Uh, but it was like, nope, he just shot him and he just ran. And so maybe that's just me, but I feel like that loop wouldn't close. So, I mean, this probably be the, be the last one, but you know, are you going to have a fourth one where, you know, Denzel going to have to deal with this, you know, with the loop, with the one survivor that he opted not to kill. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I didn't pick up on that as like a open, like a loophole. I really felt like that character was there to justify him being shot. Basically, like he that. would never let. If that would have been a grown man in that truck, he would have been dead the second Denzel opened that door. Agreed. But because it was a little kid, he dropped his guard, got shot by the kid, and what's he gonna do? Kill the kid? You know, like right. it was. You know, so. But I hear you though. I and we don't really get a backstory for that kid. So, like, I think the twist was we were supposed to be like, oh, a kid driving up with his granddaddy, but more than likely it's just a kid that they're recruiting into this gang right. so we i would have liked to know some answers to that but um my last thing is really just i thought the whole terrorism angle was just thrown in there for no reason right they're like they're giving adderall basically to or synthetic something to, like synthetic Adderall to the Taliban or no to, to to some type of like terrorist group that's getting high on it and then they're gonna like I can't remember who it was like Al Qaeda or the Taliban it's like they were doing it it felt very eighties. Like it felt like Ice Cube was gonna come in. I mean Ice T was gonna come in and be like, you know, you know, these Taliban getting all hopped up on the synthetic Adderall and they blowing up, uh, they blowing up trains in, in Syria. And it's like, what, what's happening? Like, and because that never really comes back into focus, like it ends up being about, of course, Denzel killing these Italian mobster people because mm -hmm. Equalizer is not about tracking down the Taliban or stopping international terrorism. Right. Essentially, Denzel is an international terrorist. He shows up and kills 50 people on foreign soil and don't go to jail for it, you know? So, right. yeah, I just thought that was, they got a little too cute with the plot and I don't even know what the ending was supposed to mean. Like, we don't even go back to that to be like, you know, um, and then the Taliban stopped being terrorists. Like, I don't even know that, that stuff. Yeah. It just felt like they threw that in there for no reason. Right. Uh, anything else? Mm -mm. All right, let's rate it. Zero to five. I would probably get this a three. It was enjoyable. It had its flaws, but overall it was enjoyable. It probably got a higher score. Like Roger said, if it would have had more, if definitely more action mm -hmm. would have actually raised this. Cause I love the stylistic piece mm -hmm. of it. But, you know, more action would have raised the score and uh, uh, just the uh, villain, you know, just I, like I would have preferred the brother to be the villain because, like you say, he had a, he was more char charismatic. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why it ends up getting a three for me. Yeah, I'm going to cheat and give it two scores. Um, on just a regular movie score, I think it's a two and a half, you know, like it's a decent movie. There's all kinds of like things that I would call almost like plot holes or things where Antoine Fuqua went for the poetic more than the like this is the way the plot is and this is how this would go down and here are the reasons for that. Mm -hmm. There's a like when he kills the dude basically in in the middle of the fucking street by making him get high on the drugs that give him a heart attack and the citizens just watch it and even the stuff with like 
the police. There's a lot of stuff that just happens because it's like a cool thing to happen. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong. Most movies are like that. Right. But uh, so I can, but I can understand. I think the best movies aren't really like that. You mm-hmm. know, not that I have anything against coincidences and shit like that. But like to me, the best movies show you how well planned out and thought out this was. Right. Um, and there wasn't a lot of that in this movie. It was just Denzel's the baddest motherfucker on the planet. And he just is going with Denzel. And if it doesn't seem where he don't need to be shot, he won't be shot. I agree. You know? All right. So that's the one score. But on an impossible white man scale, old impossible white man, I probably would give it like a three, you know, three and a half. Like, because I think it nails all the impossible white man tropes. You got your one liners. You have your basically like the, the, I can't stress enough the action in the third scene where he's just a fucking ghost. (laughs) It's just. I was giddy. I was giddy when they, because I knew them people was going to die. It was like watching The Punisher for me where it's just like, you know, the bad guy's looking at a surveillance uh, video and the fucking bad guy doesn't realize Denzel's behind him and he's dying in the surveillance video while he's watching himself on, die in the surveillance. <laughs> like, shit like that, they nailed. And so, yes. like I said, I'd probably give it like a three and a half on that possible white man scale because... You know that that shit was hitting to me. I, I loved all the death. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, let's get into. We got one comment on Blue Beetle. Okay, Sandler Agony says, "I was afraid this would be another bad DC film after the unmitigated banality of the Flash. Blue Beetle's first act was admittedly rough to me. Bad jokes felt narratively rushed, especially with Jaime and the Scarab itself. I was shit. Here we go again." It didn't help uh, that I traveled from West Palm Beach to Miami to see it. I was actually there to see Old Boy, which is a terrific Korean film. Highly recommended, right? A Karen came out in 2003, but it rocks. Oh, I've seen it. Oh, yeah, it. we've seen Old Boy. Yeah, we've seen it. We just weren't reviewing films back then. Uh, luckily, Blue Beetle pulls itself together, and just like Host and McGuffin uh, becoming one with each other in the third, great third act, the Reyes family is wonderful and varies and charming, unapologetically Latin. Nana Reyes was bringing that fuego, literally going Jill Valentine on niggas. Love the sister, played by Belissa Escobedo. She was charming and is kind of a blue beetle in her own way. Susan Sarandon was good, if not as engrossing as the other female characters here. Raul Trujillo, uh, who, who plays Conrad Carapex, deserves credit here. He's 68 in real life, playing a man haunted by the machination of war haunting him. I kind of wish he didn't die at the end as he played the antagonist pretty well, juxtaposed to Jaime. He did very well. Yeah, I think that character ran his course, and they probably didn't have a way to... You don't want to have Jaime kill the bad guy. Mm-mm. And at the same time, you don't want to have that white woman get away with what she did. Right. Um, and I really didn't think they, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. And in the comics, they go deeper. But it, did, it seemed like they ran their course with that character. Agreed. It's colorful, good soundtrack and some solid fights. The bar shouldn't be this low for this type of film. But of because of because of prior movies. But it did set a solid foundation for DC films going forward. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I agree on pretty much everything you said. The opening act was not bad to me. So I actually, like, it was... I just I don't walk into DC movies with my arms folded. I, no. If I pay for the ticket, I'm gonna give it a chance. And there's you know there's hasn't been a lot of them, but this was one of them that I walked out and said, "Damn, that's actually a good movie." Agreed. You know, and yes, it's the DC curve because we all know if this was like 
Marvel, we be saying this shit is up there with Ant Man or some shit down there with Ant Man or whatever. But I I I thought it was a good movie and I you know and I enjoyed it. I did too. I I, I enjoyed it a lot. But also uh, some of the critiques that uh, uh, the person who wrote in had Sandler Agony Sandler Agony. Some of his critiques are valid for the simple mm-hmm. fact that the uh, 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 person who played the uh, main dude Hame. Mm-hmm. Um, he, the way he delivered the lines, like 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 that, made a big difference because like and you talk, you talked about in a review, uh, Peter Parker and Spider Man, it's just hilarious. Like the way he delivers it is is just a completely different delivery, and that's how it was meant to be, but it wasn't delivered that way, so it didn't come across the same. Okay, yeah, I, I mean, if y'all feel that way, y'all feel that way. I thought, I thought it was funny, and I thought he was funny, and I thought he gave us Spider Man vibes by the end. But in the beginning, I think it wasn't trying to be completely Peter Parker because he was trying. I think they were trying to inject the like oppression that Latino people feel, the culture. Some of the jokes weren't even meant for everybody to get. They were meant for Latino people to get. I thought he had a lot more to carry than a Peter Parker, like a Peter Parker is white dude from Queens that's gonna kind of, you know, they've been writing and making those jokes forever. Right. There was a pressure on this script to be like everything to everybody at the same time, but only for Latin people at the same time. And I thought they nailed it um, because it wasn't just like, like a Peter Parker joke is, woe is me, I went to go get a job and I ended up being uh, a waiter, you know? That's a Peter Parker joke. This joke was like, it's not just that I ended up cleaning this home. It's the fact that I'm brown and that's what the fuck they see us as. Agreed. So like the jokes have a little more, to me, I gave a little more leeway to it. But also I thought they were funny. I thought they were just as funny, but just it had more lifting to do. And it's hard to make that shit funny while also trying to make the point, you know? Yeah, I agree. So anyway. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank you, everybody, for sharing the show. Leave Thank us five-star reviews. Please if you do. enjoy this, please go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review for Sport Movie Reviews. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back with another re- movie soon. Until next time, peace. Peace.